Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, in for Mr. New York, Mark Simone on 710 WOR. Here's Michael Riedel. I guess that makes me Mr. New York Jr. since I'm in for Mark Simone. But Mark and I share a love of uh, love of the entertainment world, a love of uh, all things old New York. You know, we love the New York of what's my line when everybody wore tuxedos and fancy ball gowns when they went to the opera, when they appeared on television, uh, when they went to the theater. Unlike today, I'm the Broadway columnist and one of my bugaboos is you go to the theater now and uh, the tourists usually are there in their t-shirts and their fanny packs and their flip-flops and their drinking booze and they're a little rowdy and they take the cell phones out and they drive actors like Patti Lapone out of their minds because civility, civility on Broadway is is missing, I'm afraid. Uh, give me a call here, one eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. You may hear in my voice, <clears throat> excuse me, a little uh, chest cold. If you got any remedies for me, I'm a big chicken soup guy. I've been uh, living on chicken soup and ginger tea for the last forty eight hours. So if you had any any medical advice from me, that would be very useful. Uh, Joe Bartlett had the best advice of all, though. What did What did you uh, just tell me, Joe? Uh, Don't do a two hour talk show. <laughs> <laughs> you well, have a point, Joe. You could do a four-hour talk show if you were doing I, the morning. I but. did it yesterday when this was coming on, but uh, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I'm going to take it into uh, consideration the next time I'm asked to fill in for Mark, what? and I'm dying of the flu. No, when you go home, though, you just have to be quiet. You can't talk to anyone. Have your chicken soup, go to bed, or just don't say anything. Rest. Yeah, you, rest. It's it's true. And also, you know, my, my, my girlfriend, uh, she's wonderful, and she was calling me. She said, is there anything I can do? I want to come... I want to come over. I want to make something for you. I want to bring the chicken soup. I want to be around you. But you know, when you have a cold, my feeling is you don't want to be around anybody. Yeah, no, you, you want to be by yourself. Right. You want to wallow in misery yep. and self-pity. Just bundle up. You want to just bundle up. You don't want to get out of bed. You want to I, I, uh, watch movies. Well, I was binge watching uh, The Crown uh, oh, yes, yesterday. I, I, I'm only like three episodes in. Oh, that is. I love that series. Netflix. That yeah. is so good. It's so beautifully, beautifully produced. Uh, it's about uh, Elizabeth I, uh, her reign, if you, uh, if you haven't seen it. And, and speaking of The Crown, speaking of uh, Buckingham Palace, speaking of the British royalty, uh, President Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, has given his first interview, uh, not to CNN, not to MSNBC, not to The New York Times, not to WOR, not to Joe Bartlett, but to the Joe Bartlett of England, <laughs> Prince Harry. Yes, Prince Harry sat down with uh, Barack Obama. I believe they were in Canada for some reason. Harry is apparently a big, big Barack Obama fan, and uh, Harry is trying out to be, you know, sort of like the, the new Barbara Walters of the BBC in England, asking these, well, not exactly, I would say, Joe, uh, tough Penetrating questions of beyond the softball. <laughs> we have, do we have a cut? I think we got a cut of that. Tony, we got a cut of uh, here it is. Here's Prince Henry pretending to be Barbara Walters. Can I take you back to the 20th of January 2017? You're sat in Marine One, the presidential helicopter, flying over Washington. You've sat through the inauguration with your game face on, not giving <laughs> much emotion away, as we all saw. Uh, what's, going, what's going through your mind? 
Yeah, the first thing that went through my mind was sitting across from Michelle, how thankful I was that she had been my partner through that whole process. You know, you've gotten to know Michelle quite well, and uh, she is a spectacular, funny, uh, warm person. She's not someone who was naturally inclined to politics. Uh, so in some ways, I got I got to say, Joe, I hope because we know he's working on his presidential memoir. I hope it's a little more exciting than his answers he, he, to Prince Harry's questions. Come on. Give me it. Can't even be honest. I mean, I the know. first thought was how lucky I am to have Michelle next to me. Yes. And I, oh, I like Prince, Prince Harry slips his own uh, his own knifing of Trump in there. So I know sitting there at the yeah. inauguration with your game face. On. Right, yeah, I right, wish right. that Obama had said, you know what I was really thinking? I thought, boy, Hillary Clinton was a lousy candidate. If she <laughs> lost to this guy, that's what he should be thinking. That would have been an honest response from the president to Prince Harry. But no, he's just basking in the glow of Michelle Obama. Serenity. Putting on his game face. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I would have asked him because I think one of the legacies of his presidency, and not a good one, is the penchant for executive orders. When he had a Congress, a Republican Congress, against him, and he couldn't get through things that he wanted, particular climate change stuff, he would just decide, all right, executive order. And he was supported in it by you know, the New York Times, which, of course, is a big champion of democracy. But if mm-hmm. the president's on your side, New York Times, if he has a liberal agenda and the Republicans are going to block it, Yes, let's do that executive order. And who is rescinding a lot of those executive orders but President Trump right now? That would have been an interesting question, Prince Harry, to ask Obama as opposed to, you know, so what's the first thing you did when you uh, got out of the White House? And not to mention the dismantling of Obamacare, too. I mean, his, his legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good question. Joe, from now on, I'm sending you to interview the president <laughs> and not little Prince Harry. Do we have one, one more? I think we got a cut of Prince Harry and uh, Obama just starting to get a little bit nasty about the president when they talk about the corrosiveness of social media. Got that cut there, Tony? The social media landscape has changed dramatically yeah, it um, since then. Uh, issues of trolling, extre- extremism, fake news and cyberbullying are yeah. major social issues. Right. Is there, is there more that you could have done as president to get ahead of some of these issues, do you think? Well, most of this is happening in the outside of government and in the united states in particular we have a very strong first amendment uh i am a as a former constitutional lawyer pretty firm about uh the merits of uh free speech and the the question i think really has to do with how do we one of the the dangers of the internet is is that people can have entirely different realities they can be just cocooned in information that re- reinforces their. All right, I want to. I want. I want Trump. I want Trump tweeting. I want Trump unvarnished. I don't want this polished, soporific. Really, a big, the word of the day for Obama: soporific. That's making me fall asleep. It sounds like he's lecturing on the First so Amendment. So boring. So boring. We're this used is, to having an exciting president. Now. I know Trump may be crazy, and I think he is. <laughs> but at least it's fun when you get up in the morning and you're waiting for those insane tweets or you know. Here's what I knew. Here's what I tr- knew Trump was going to win and why his supporters, and I was one of them, still am to some extent, though I'm, I'm wavering. I'm wavering. This is when I knew he was going to win. There was a great 
moment where he was at a big campaign rally. And remember, he used to be at those rallies and he would wander all over the stage. You know, unlike Hillary, they're in a pantsuit, you know, the speech she's been giving for thousands of years, the same one droning on and on and on and Trump wandering around. And do you remember when a woman was there, she had a baby and the baby starts crying. The baby's crying and he says, no, nah, no, don't worry about it. I love babies. I love babies are great. Babies are the best. I love that. Ah, it's OK. Babies are cute. Goes on speaking. The baby's still crying. He says, get the baby out of here. You know, I'm tired of this baby. Get the baby out of here. Now, that was funny. Nobody was going to take him seriously on that front. But it was so much it was so much more refreshing than this. These polished, bland, cliche statements that Hillary Clinton made in speeches and that Barack Obama was just making with uh, the insightful that uh, prosecutorial journalist Prince <laughs> Harry there. This is why Trump won, because he needed a little entertainment value after four years of, well, I was thinking how beautiful my wife Michelle is at the inauguration. Thank you very much, Prince Harry. Give me a call here at 1-800-321-0710. That's 1-800-321-0710. I am suffering from a, uh, a frog in the throat today, and I believe that Marty uh, has a recommendation for me. Marty, what should I do to, to get rid of this thing in my throat? Yes, Mike, it's not only for you, but your listeners also. I'm a medical statistician. I'm involved with many, many studies. There are two-thirds of a million studies out there. It's not chicken soup. It's not vitamin C. Uh, to make it very concise and brief, uh, get your, 25, uh, your, your level of vitamin D3 up, 25-hydroxy-D. Most people are very low. Uh, that's the first thing you do. Get it up to about uh, anywhere between 50 to 80 nanograms. Well, well, what is, I've never heard of vitamin D3. Where, where do I get vitamin D3? D3 is the, uh, is the natural form. D2 is, is the form. Uh, you can get it in any store. You can get it preferably in liquid drops. You know, I'm not a big one. Okay, I'm not a big one for pills and vitamins. I like to get my nutrients from good food. Can I get D3 in something? Is it something I can eat rather than having to go to the pharmacy to get some chemically enhanced thing? Okay, uh, we can do freeze-dried uh, reds and greens. It, it enormously improves your immune system, such as MacroLife Naturals, uh, Miracle Reds. I do that. I've been doing that for the past nine years. I haven't picked up a rhinovirus or a flu in the past nine years or so. Uh, virtually impossible. I'm exposed to many people during the course of the day. All right. Well, Marty, uh, thank you very much. Freeze-dried uh, greens and reds. You know, you know what I do, Joe? And <laughs> it hasn't worked, apparently, because I got this cold here. My parents send me a box of uh, fresh Florida grapefruit and oranges mm -hmm. a couple times a year during the winter. And for the last three years since I've been having a grapefruit a day and an orange in the afternoon, I have not had a cold. And I started devouring these things in November, hoping to ward it off. But uh, I guess it, it's not always foolproof. But uh, there's nothing better than uh, a grapefruit in the morning. You know, I think uh, getting the proper amount of sleep also helps you fight off these things. Yeah, absolutely. You, when you get, and I know when I get run down, it, you're susceptible to catching colds. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's a crazy schedule here because I have to go to the theater at night, and I've been, uh, you know, hanging out with you in the mornings uh, for Len Berman. So my there you uh, go. my sleep schedule may have been a little off. That's probably all right. I have W O O R to blame for the frog in my throat. <laughs> thank you very, thank you very much, Joe Bartlett. Uh, Penny's on the line. She's got a, a suggestion for my cold. Penny, Penny, can you help me out here? Well, um, you may not like this, but I'm. Adding to uh, vitamin uh, D3 at the health food store, uh, Nutribiotic and vitamin C. Well, I believe in vitamin C. So, uh, but do you think I should take it as tablets? Should I get? Uh, You're not those? getting enough nutrients from an orange 
or a grapefruit. But 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 I thought a grapefruit or have an infection. But, uh, but, more. but I thought they have like 100% vitamin C for the day uh, if you drink uh, uh, some orange juice or something like that. But you're saying that since I'm sick now, I need to amp up the vitamin C intake? You need more, yes. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, I will consider that. I guess that means I'll drink uh, two big, big uh, uh, cartons of Tropicana juice when I get home. Although the problem with that is the calories. I don't want to – sugar. Yeah. I don't want to be sick and then you know, get over the cold and put on 150 pounds or something like that. But vitamin uh, D is interesting. I haven't heard that. Vitamin D three. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm not a big. Listen, I try to eat well. Uh, I'm not a big nutrient guy. I'm not a big. I'm not a big vitamin guy. I just feel I'd rather have the, um, the vitamins come from the food naturally because you want all the fiber that you get with good it's food. Hard though. And I like. Well, I don't. I don't know. I think eating well. I cook a lot. All right. I go to the farmers market. I sort of cook. Uh, and eat seasonally. So what is in the farmer's market, I buy. And uh, I find the cooking relaxes me, and the food is so much better than when I go to a restaurant. And you don't know how much butter, how much salt is in all that stuff. I can control all of that. I just made a wonderful escarole soup last night. Mm, That would be good for my... uh, Absolutely. You do a chicken broth with the escarole soup? Yes. Uh, And any garlic? Garlic garlic in the oil, then um, some carrots. Mm. Uh, some carrots in there, so to kind of quickly saute them, the broth, the escarole. Then I added, um, sometimes I add a little potato, but I'd put the cannellini beans in there. Ooh, wow. Did you bring a thermos of it in today for me? No. I Can you bring it in tomorrow? I'll, I'll bring in some tomorrow for you. Oh, yeah. that, okay. sounds, that <laughs> sounds absolutely delicious. The cannellini beans. Mm, it gives it a little, a little extra texture. Joe, Chef Joe Bartlett here on the Mark <laughs> Simone Show. All right, this is Michael Riedel from the New York Post. In for Mark Simone, give me a call, 1-800-321-0710. Help me with some cold remedies if you can. Stick around. I'll be right back. The Mark Simone Show on 710 WOR. Filling in for Mr. New York, here's Michael Riedel. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful. What's your My hurry? father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace. So roar. really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful. Please don't Well, hurry. maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might but think. Baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this drink? Cabs to be had That's out it, there. baby. It's cold I outside. My favorite holiday song. song written by the great Frank Lesser. I do believe, if I'm not mistaken... The man there is Ricardo Ricardo Montalbam. I asked Blaine here. I think Ricardo Montalbam recorded it. And sure enough, there he is, Mr. Corinthian Leda. Ricardo Montalbam with the Cordoba ads as I was a kid in the 70s and his Corinthian letter. Now, I've been talking this morning about that song because I was reading a lot of feminists think it's a date rape song. What's in this drink? That kind of a thing. Um, you know, she kind of wants to leave, but he's telling her it's cold outside. Stick around. We can have a little fun in the age of uh, Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. A lot of uh, women think it's offensive. I disagree. I think it's a song of seduction and flirtation. I mean, you can't get more seductive than Ricardo Montalbán with his Corinthian leather and deep. At least he's not there with Deplane, Deplane, Deplane. That might sort of be a buzzkill for, for a seduction technique. But Corinthian leather, there should be. Why don't you just stay a little bit longer and sit on my Corinthian leather sofa, I would hope. But uh, give me a call here, 1-800-321-0710. This is Michael Riedel of the New York Post, in for Mark Simone. 1-800-321-0710. Do you like this wonderful song by Frank Lesser, Baby It's Cold Outside? Or is it... Um, a song that is not appropriate for this more sensitive time. I am battling, as you probably can tell, a 
cold, the old fr- the old frog in my throat, <clears throat> and I'm looking for any, any cold remedies you have out there for me. I'm a chicken soup guy, but uh, a couple of people have called in and uh, said chicken soup isn't going to do it. I need to vitamin D3 or something like that. So give me a ring here at one 800 Tell me what I should do to take care of my voice. Uh, got Chris on the line. Chris, uh, do you have a remedy for me, or are you a Baby It's Cold Outside fan? I'm a Baby It's Cold Outside fan. Um, I haven't heard you say the Dean Martin rendition. I'm going to play it. We got, we're going to get to it. Don't worry. But that's your favorite okay. one. Huh? And then you made one comment. All right. And I'm a Trump guy. And you said, well, I'm not too sure about um, Trump. Every time he makes a major league speech, all his values come through and we know where we're going from. Once in a while, when he, tr- when he tweets, it's a case of, uh, don't forget the 11th commandment. Forget about the small stuff. Other than that, um, baby, it's cold outside in New York, and uh, I used to sit and romance with my wife of 47 years. Congratulations. And we're still together. And uh, and I bet she loves that song, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, and and uh, I, I have my Dean Martin Christmas album, and uh, we go from there. It's absolutely wonderful. All yeah. right, Chris. Well, you're with all the listeners this morning. They love Baby, It's Cold Outside. Tony, maybe we can get a... Uh, a cut of Dean Martin singing it, because we just had uh, Ricardo Montalbán there with his Corinthian leather. I love the song, but uh, it has come under criticism by feminists for being uh, a date rape song, for being insensitive in the age of Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. I disagree, and I'm uh, happy, happy to know that um, uh, many of my listeners don't think it's a politically uh, incorrect song. You know the one that you were talking about with Buble and... Adina Menzel, yeah. It was changed. It's not the same lyric. Oh, ah, they adjusted the lyric for yeah. a sensitive new era. Well, that's all right. I'm sticking with Ricardo Montalbán. Or uh, Chris was just online. He likes Dean Martin. Do we have a Dean Martin cut there? I don't. I have the Zoe Duchanel from Elf with, I think it's T-Bone Burnett. Oh, yes, that's good. T-Bone. That's a good one. Let's hear this. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. T. Boone Burnett there. That's a really, really good one. I just found out that uh, the Idina Menzel version of the Buble version that I like uh, was uh, changed for a politically correct time. They've dropped some of the lyrics. I don't think there's the... uh, Some would call it the Rufy lyric. Hey, what's in this drink? But anyway, I'm glad that you uh, listeners are big fans of Baby It's Cold Outside. We cannot let political correctness destroy the great American songbook. And I know Joe Bartlett agrees with me. Right, Joe? 
100%, Michael. 100%. Joe's, Joe's here with the, with the news. Hey, Joe, what's, what's in this drink? Oh, well, hey, you're going to need to drink bitterly cold around here for the next couple of days. You could use a shot, I bet. <laughs> There's a remedy we haven't gotten to yet. But let me tell you, I've got some, I've got some Jameson there that go. I put into the tea before oh, I go to bed. Excellent. The Mark Simone Show on 710 WOR. Filling in for Mr. New York, here's Michael Riedel. Yes, uh, Mark is Mr. New York. I'm Mr. New York Jr., I guess. Uh, We've been talking about, um, baby, it's cold outside. I just got an email from Jay who um, wondered, uh, we had a woman, uh, she called in earlier. Wanted to know, or, or told us a version of it, which we can't find, but apparently it was uh, Elsa Lanchester and Charles Lawton, two great Hollywood legends who were married, and they did a version of it, and Jay was looking for it online. Uh, I don't know if we've been able to find it online anyway, but I'm not, – not, no, no, Blaine? No? Not, not yet. And, and the last break before we went to the commercials, uh, I got my bones mixed up. <laughs> I said it was T-Bone. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not T-Bone. It's Leon Redbone. It's Leon Redbone who was singing Please too. Please forgive me. But we that. are not going to play, and I did like it, but I'm not going to play it because I'm now annoyed since I found out that they changed the lyrics for our politically correct times, the Adina Menzel and Michael Bublé one, which it sounds good, but Blaine pointed out to me that they adjusted the lyrics, so it's it's a more sensitive for these more yeah, sensitive it doesn't times. Say, it doesn't say what's in the drink. It says what's in the soda pop. Oh, <laughs> It really does. <laughs> that is a bad date if you're sa- if you're serving her soda pop. I think this is Michael Riedel here. One eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Battling a little cold. I- I've got uh, my friend Johnny Olasinski's coming up in uh, just a minute or two to give us the highlights and some of the lowlights of the year in showbiz. But first, I want to uh, I want to get a cold remedy here from uh, Richard. Richard, uh, what can you suggest to help me out here? Hey, Michael, you stole my thunder. Listen, uh, a good shot of Jameson, ah, boiling no, water, yep. boiling water, two spoons, two spoons of brown sugar, uh, a lemon with uh, spiked with cloves, mm. and have it before you go to bed. Sounds like, is this uh, what you'd call a hot toddy, I think? Maybe? Yes. I, I think you put a little bit of butter, though, in it, just to, uh, no, Tony shaking his head, no butter, no butter, Tony? All right. Just the Jameson. Well, you know what? I'm going to cut out everything else. I'm just going to I'm just going to open the bottle of Jameson and knock it back and hope that that knocks the cold out. Lisa G was just in here. She said Sambuca. Sambuca might be a nice little uh, remedy at this time. And then there's some monks monks thing. I can't remember some sort of monks alcohol that um, that you can take. Uh, Benedictine, I think it's called something like that. All right. Now joining me on the line is my colleague at the New York Post, Johnny Olasinski. Uh, Johnny, welcome to the Mark Simone Show. But it's not Mark Simone, it's Michael Riedel. Hey, Michael. Thank you for having me. A pleasure, a pleasure. So I want to talk a little bit about the highs and lows of showbiz. But first, I've been talking this morning about that great Frank Lesser song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. And as you know, Johnny, a lot of uh, uh, women think it's a date rape song. It's insensitive in the era of Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. But I got to tell you, Johnny, a lot of my listeners, they love that old song. Where? You're a young guy. You're sensitive to these times. Where do you stand on that great Frank Lesser uh, Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside? You know, I think that if we went through every classic film, every classic song, every classic book and sanitized it, you know, changed every drink to soda pop, (laughs) uh, we would be left with a lot of crappy art. 
Yes, absolutely. No question about it. I'm partial to the Ricardo Montalbán version of Baby It's Cold Outside. You're probably too young to remember his uh, great ads in the 70s for uh, Chrysler Cordoba and the Corinthian <laughs> Letta. And I think, you know, if you're going to do Baby It's Cold Outside with Ricardo Montalbán in the background, you should have a Corinthian leather sofa in your apartment. If that doesn't sound too creepy. All right, Johnny, I got to disagree with you on one thing. You panned a movie that I kind of liked, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express. You were vicious about this movie, and it turns out to be quite popular at, at the box office. People seem to like it. Why did you not go for this great old Agatha Christie thriller, this remake of the, I think it was the Albert Finney version back in the 70s? Wow, I can't believe audiences and critics disagree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um well, Michael, you, you of course have seen the Albert Finney version. I'm sure you've seen David Suchet. Yeah. A, you know, the famous Belgian detective, Hercule Poirot. And what those two guys had in common is they had a, uh, they had the eccentricity, the weirdness, kind of a little uh, creepy charm down. Whereas Kenneth Branagh, in everything he's ever done, he's a very narcissistic, egotistical actor who clearly thinks he's a very attractive guy. So he somehow made Hercule Poirot into this, this sexy star, and I thought that took away a lot of the charm from the movie. The ensemble was really weird. You know, you had Leslie Odom Jr. From yeah, Canada, star of Hamilton. Yeah. Good friend. And then we had, uh, I think, uh, Josh Gad was there, and Penelope Cruz, Judy Dench. It was like a... A lot of discordant ingredients. Well, I grant you that cast is not as great as the original cast, which I think had, uh, oh gosh, uh, Vanessa Redgrave and Richard Widmark and uh, Sean Connery, if I'm not mistaken, was in the right. uh, in the '70s versions. I mean, that is that is an <clears throat> excuse me, an all star lineup, and they're bigger stars. Bigger right. stars, more charismatic stars than the ones who are in this murder on the Orient Express. But I kind of like Kenneth Branagh's performance. I liked his mustache. He had these fabulous <laughs> handlebar mustache. It, it probably, I think I read somewhere that he said he went back to the Agatha Christie books. And we think of Poirot as having the tiny mustache. But apparently in the books, the mustache was a lot longer. And that's why he made his, those fantastic handlebar mustache. Well, that mustache certainly was a lot longer. That mustache could win Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. <laughs> it may well win that. Hey, um, I'm reading in the Post today that uh, the new Star Wars installment is going gangbusters at the box office. Uh, a lot of people I know went to see it over the holiday weekend. I have to tell you, though, I loved the first Star Wars, or apparently I think you got to call it now the third Star Wars. I can't keep all these uh, various episodes straight in my mind. I love the first one, but all these subsequent ones have really lost me. I mean, do you like this? Uh, what, what's what's this new one called? The Last Jedi, I guess that's in the, the title of it? The Last Jedi. You yeah. know, the, the Jedi just returned 30 years earlier. Now we're down to one again. Um, I, I liked it quite a bit, actually. I, you know, when, I often meet people that tell me quite proudly that they've never seen a Star Wars film and they never have any intention of it. And I don't try to steer them in the direction. I don't think that everyone uh, will like these movies if they don't already hold an, a nostalgic place in their heart. And, you know, if you've just liked A New Hope, which would technically be the fourth movie, even though it was the first. I'm already confused. <laughs> right, I know. And I, I don't think Last Jedi will be for you. But if you're a Star Wars fan... I think a lot of people will like it. That said, a lot of fans have hated it, just like they hated those George Lucas prequels with Jar Jar Binks. Oh, my God, Jar Jar Binks. That, that's a terrible... There's one I can't remember. 
something, the, the fourth of Sith or the Sith of fourth or something like that with Liam Neeson. That I, I caught right. a little bit of it on television the other day. I thought it was terrible. Right, the Phantom Menace, and that's where that's where Jar Jar Binks first made his weird uh, Rastafarian lizard appearance, and you know became known as the most hated Star Wars character ever. Yeah. Now, uh, not to drop a name, but a uh, friend of mine, uh, Hugh Jackman, kaboom! There's the name <laughs> dropping. Uh, the sound you hear in the background. Uh, he just opened in The Greatest Showman, a uh, movie about P.T. Barnum. Uh, I think Hugh Jackman is the greatest performer on Broadway. I saw his one-man show several years ago, and he's right up there with you know Danny Kaye and Judy Garland and Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, all the greats who can command the stage with nothing but their charisma. And of course, he was sensational in The Boy from. Uh, how is this movie, The Greatest Showman, doing? Uh, the critics seemed a little uh, tough on it. Well, your dear friend Hugh is <laughs> excellent, as he always is. You know, he, everyone, it, it's funny when these movies come out because the normal movie going audience looks at Hugh Jackman and they think Wolverine, whereas, yep. you know, Broadway audience, he's one of the only guys that can sell tickets just by having his name on the marquee. Uh, the movie itself, apart from him, is 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 pretty bad. You know, you had a really great story in the post a couple of weeks ago going back to PT Barnum's kind of uh the, the real PT Barnum. You know that, yeah. that he was a famous fraud and he um bears a little bit of resemblance to modern day politicians, right? Well, uh, yes, I compared him to Trump and a lot of our readers who are Trump supporters, and I did it in a lighthearted way, but I got a lot of emails really taking me to task for comparing P.T. Barnum to Donald Trump. But I think the comparison is fair. I mean, they're both great showboaters. Right. And your point is that they're in, in their way, they're both brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what this does is this turns, you know, the, one of America's most famous frauds into a family man. He loves his wife, who he only mentions in his biography twice. Uh, he loves his children, and all of this is for them. They take the freak show, and instead of, you know, freak shows, maybe fun though they were, were horrible, horribly exploitive. And this argues that, you know, this got these people that you might not have otherwise seen out of the shadows. So it took P.T. Barnum and made it into a very sanitized Speaking again of Baby, It's Cold Side, a very, uh, a very sanitized family movie. It definitely is a family-friendly movie. I didn't dislike it uh, as intensely as some of the other critics did, but I think uh, I'm just a sucker for a Hugh Jackman film. And uh, the, the only thing that bothered me about it, though, was the score by these guys who wrote uh, Dear Evan Hansen, a big, big hit on Broadway. Uh, Pasek and Paul, I guess they're the Rodgers and Hammerstein of the new era. I, I thought the songs, though, were just too contemporary for a movie set in the 19th century New York. Right. They, and they have, I mean, that is exactly, that's, you know, Pasek and Paul's bread and butter or these sort of uh, light pop songs. And they could have made that work if the director, this was the director's first movie ever, and it showed he's normally an animator. If the director had made it more stylized, like Moulin Rouge or something, right? Where, cause That's course, a great Moulin movie, Rouge, Moulin Rouge. It's a great movie, and that put David Bowie and Madonna and all these contemporary artists into, you know, 1899 Paris. But uh, Baz Luhrmann is a very creative director, and he made the aesthetic match the music, whereas... This guy, it, it, it's a very straightforward-looking movie, right? You kind of, it almost looks like, uh, you know, the old Hello Dolly, the 69 Hello Dolly with Barbara Streisand, those kind of New York funny sets downtown. Yeah. And then they paired it with pop music. And, you know, at the mean critic screening I was at, people were laughing every time they'd start singing. 
Oh, really? Critics snickering and sneering at a screening. How unusual. Uh, all right. Anything else out there? If people are not at work this week, uh, any, anything you can recommend that people go to see in the, uh, in, the, in the movies or maybe on Broadway? Well, the movie that I have so far, everyone I've sent to this movie or anyone else that's gone to see it, they've all loved it, is Lady Bird. Oh, yes. Uh, Lady it? Bird is a big Oscar favorite. It stars uh, the fabulous Saoirse Ronan. She's terrific. member from Brooklyn and The Crucible on Broadway. And even better is Laurie Metcalf, who's, you know, we've always known Laurie Metcalf as a great actress, but she's proving herself to be in that Meryl Streep league, I think, with Lady Bird. And what is Lady Bird about, quickly? It is about a rebellious teenage girl in Sacramento, which they call the Midwest of California. (laughs) And she's uh, desperate to escape and get to New York. And it has this great kind of message of how harsh parenting is actually good for a kid, not bad, which is nice in this era of, you know, kowtowing to every wish your little child demands. Has it won the New York Film Critics Circle? Have they announced the Film Critics Circle Awards yet? It did. That was the top movie at the New York Film Critics Circle. Now, are you going to go to the New York Film Critics Circle big fancy shindig they have for this movie? I will. I'll, I'll be at Tau on Wednesday. Oh, that's where it is, Tau. Now, tell me, how drunk do these movie critics get at the uh, New York uh, Film Critics Circle Awards? Are they knocking back the booze and, you know, sucking up to all the big stars there in the room? Oh, a lot of them do. And the best is when they get really drunk on that, you know, like cheapo Chardonnay, and then they start making loud side comments about each other. Oh, that's right, because critics are they're, – they're envious and they're vicious and they like to stab each other in the back. I, I remember, I think, a couple of critics' uh, fistfights over the year. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Rex Reed once uh, dished some of his colleagues at one of these awards. So, all right, Johnny Olusinski from the New York Post, thanks for bringing us up to speed on these holiday movies. Uh, knock back a few for me at the Film Critics Circle Awards because I have yet to receive my invitation. All right, this is Michael Reed. In for Mark Simona. WOR and WAXQ HD2 New York. The Mark Simone Show on 710 WOR. Filling in for Mr. New York, here's Michael Riedel. I really can't stay. Cold outside. I've got to go away. Cold outside. This evening has been. Hoping that you That's the cut we found. That is the great Elsa Lanchester and her husband, Charles Lawton, singing Baby, It's Cold Outside. Uh, My favorite holiday song. It was on my mind when I walked out the door this morning and my nose immediately turned blue. And I was going to walk to work, but I chickened out and jumped into a cab instead. And I was humming. Ah, no cabs to be had out there. And, of course, I read... You know, from the feminists, it's a date rape song, it's a creepy song, it's Harvey Weinstein's anthem, we can't sing it anymore, in the sensitive times, we should ban Baby It's Cold Outside from the roster of holiday songs. I disagree. I'm partial to the Ricardo Montalbán version with his Corinthian letter. And Lisa G, actually, she came in 
I'm curious, Lisa. You're yes. a you're a, a a beautiful woman. Would oh, you find you. Uh, somebody singing? Uh, hey, baby, it's cold outside. Well, would that be creepy to in, you? Would you today, stick around or would you in leave? In today's world, I do agree it is the Harvey Weinstein theme song, but it was <laughs> written when in the fifties. It was written in the fifties by Frank Lesser for him and his wife to perform at parties. So you know, he wrote it for his wife to sing with him. So there's no creepy intention behind the song. But you really think it's a song we shouldn't be singing? No, it's okay. And I like the Vanessa Williams version. I'm oh. not sure who the male is with her, but I've been hearing it on, you know, all the Christmas radio stations. So it hasn't been banned completely. We did find oh. out. I like the Michael Bublé and um, Adina Menzel version. But oh. as Blaine pointed out, and this is why I will never listen to it, to it again, they uh, got rid of the politically incorrect lyrics. So instead of something like, you know, hey, what's in this drink? It's... Is there something in my soda pop, please? (laughs) You do not mess around with one of the greatest songwriters of all time, Frank Lesser's lyrics. I'm sorry. We are not going to bring the sensitivities of today to bear on one of the poets of the musical theater. Well, this is Michael Riedel from the New York Post. I've been filling in for the great Mark Simone, Mr. New York. That makes me Mr. New York Jr., I guess. I will be here uh, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. I'm going to go home. And uh, thanks for all your uh, suggestions for cold remedies. But I really think the best thing to do is dispense with everything, keep it simple, crack open the bottle of Jameson, and just chug a lug until the cold is gone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.